Greetings programs, welcome to Animatronic, the podcast talking about episodes of Disney's animated television show, Tron Uprising. My name is Duncan Shields, host of Tronologically Speaking, the movie-by-minute podcast talking about 1982's movie, Tron. And I'm Courtney Coulson, reviewing Tron Legacy one minute at a time on Legacy Minute. Episode 19. Today is a a bittersweet moment because this is episode 19, the final episode that was ever created of Tron. I didn't expect it to to hit me so hard. I, this episode felt like it was five minutes long. I went, oh, okay, where does it go now? And up the credits. Oh, Charlie Bean's name is on my face now. Oh, that's not supposed to happen. And, uh, and I guess that's it then. So, uh. So I guess it's over then. Yeah, I, I had a similar experience where I just kind of whizzed by and then and then it was over. I was like, oh, well, shoot, let's fire up episode 20. Oh, God. Oh, no. Maybe I can watch season two of Firefly as well. You know, like it's... it's Gary Jules, Mad World starts playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you ever really listened to the rain? <laughs> yeah. I do want well, this to is say. episode 19. It's called uh, Terminal. This episode is called Terminal. And this is where Tron reveals to Beck that he is dying from a virus that was implanted in him during Clue's takeover, which is kind of a, uh, well, we know that already. So it's, it's, mm. it's, this is so stressful because I didn't, the... I didn't remember this episode. I didn't look up how it was going to play out. So I'm just like, oh God, is Tron going to, is he going to be Rinsled? Is he going to be Rinsled now? Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, right? Are they going to, is this, is the end of this episode going to be, like, there was a TV show in the 80s called ALF. Yes. And it was this little puppet. Yeah. Where's the cat? You know, and uh, give me four and all that kind of stuff. He was a little puppet, but it ended, it was an alien puppet living with an American family. And the final season was a cliffhanger where he gets kidnapped by the FBI and they cut him open to perform uh, like a dissection and an exploratory <laughs> autopsy oh. while he's still alive, whatever that's called. Oh, wow. But uh, it was supposed to be a cliffhanger, but then the show got canceled. So that's like the final episode now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, that's that's too bad. And uh, that's happened to a few shows, like Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future had a similar super downer cliffhanger that just, then they got canceled. So it really, it's just like... It ends with the entire cast in peril or heavily damaged and uh, defeated. <laughs> and then there's no part two. So um, I kind of like don't that. Exactly. It's wonderful. It, it happens by accident, but it's uh, it's kind of poetic. It's, it, there is a beauty to it for sure. Because you never get to have a downer ending for real, real. So it's nice when it, it ha- happens and it's sort of taken out of their control. Mm hmm. Because there, there's exactly. so many shows I watch where I go, oh, this is really cute, but you know there's a really tragic ending coming. And then they chicken out at the last minute. So then I just rewrite it in my brain. Yeah. Go, nah, he definitely died. He, he totes died. I don't care. What he... There's a lot of uh, third act turnarounds where the, the main character comes back from being at their lowest, from being nearly defeated, and then they, they, they rise to their feet and they, they come back and there's a big triumphant finish and there's something about that turnaround where if it's not Earned. done well enough i don't believe it <laughs> right if it's not yeah earned, or if it's not done well enough i'm like oh this is a death hallucination he's not See, actually my biggest 
issue with this episode is that, well, okay, so they didn't know they were being cancelled, but I feel like it's just, oh, well, now Tron's healed, and what's going to force him to go back to Clue again? Like, you've sort of already ruined this plot point. You there's, could have used it very effectively. Yeah, there's a, and there's a reset here. You know, there's like mm. another, another episodic reset that I was like, oh, that's kind of too bad. If it was, it was yeah. like, you could have, you could have done something finale, like a real, a real momentous big deal thing. Yeah. Already in my brain, I'm rewriting it so that, oh no, Tron got Rinslid in this episode. It's, this is, this is yeah. how the story ends. And then in my mind, season two would just be all Beck and everyone else in the uprising and i think that would make things way more well original they'd be they'd, also... they'd, yeah they'd be they'd be fighting tron right yeah that's really cool i'd love to see that so you only have tron in that first season but maybe in our seasons two and three tron can still talk maybe he's slowly losing himself and or maybe clue is just like i'm sick of you questioning everything i do i'm gonna take your voice away Oh, did we ever see? We never saw his updated face in Legacy, did we? No. He he always had the mask on. So maybe he has a Goron mouth. Maybe he's been silenced. Oh, with the big scary grin. Oh, and that's why. He, cool. Except he does say he does say I fight for the users at the end there, and he does he does hate his. his well, maybe he's, he's breaking there. through it at that point. Like that was that's yeah, the, yeah. that's the turning point there. But until then. Perhaps. That's what was missing from Legacy for me, is I wanted a shot of his face that explained, that was covered in scars, or that somehow explained what was going on with him, somehow. Some visual clue to the damage that had it's, caused him to be he's quiet. He does that predator noise. Which I can do that predator noise. Oh, hang on. He does that predator noise, oh, which I can yeah, yeah. yeah, me neither. There yeah, you go. That's not bad at all. That was really good. <laughs> Um, but uh, will, so, uh, episode... if you can hear my air conditioning in the background, I apologize, but it's hot and it's Australia, so fight me. I, I'm not turning <laughs> so it off. Take... That's right. It's your summer over there, right? Yes, hottest time of year always. But I remembered not to turn my dishwasher on this time. I think you might hear in the background another episode. So <laughs> I just keep turning it on by habit. I don't. Ah, uh, well, it's a, I haven't detected too many, too many noises. Good. But here we get. So this recap. The episode kicks off with a recap, the flashback recap, and we get uh, a recap to the uh, the program that helped them escape the games back in episode three there, Cutler. Uh, and uh, we get the death of Abel again, R.I.P. Abel, we hardly knew you. And we get to see that Mara blames the renegade, and we get reminded of the mega recognizer that Dyson was making for Clue. Uh, mega recognizer sucks. It, it, I concur. In terms of a giant secret weapon, I was like, oh, it's just a big recognizer? Okay. I want a freaking <laughs> Tron Gundam. I want freaking yeah. uh, Cutler riding around. Oh, yeah, spoilers, man. I guess. But yeah, Cutler showing up, rising out of the ocean in a freaking Pacific Rim looking thing. Yeah. Totally. A giant Tron mech? Now you, you yes. had me at hello. <laughs> you know? Totally. <laughs> But uh, so here we go back at the garage. They're all mourning Abel and Mara is really hardcore hating on the renegade. And this is the first bits, time. Well, one of the few uh, times we see 
programs mourning other programs most of the time it's more like hmm there are someone left some pixels everywhere <laughs> ah that's weird yeah uh or they're like oh, i'm sad yeah but not anymore it, it it does get brought up i think halfway through the season i think abel's like does this have something to do with the death of Bodhi in episode one but that's mm. really not touched on very often and really they all seem very resilient to their their uh almost dead situations <laughs> when they come back from they risk their lives they're like that was close let's go to the club you know yeah. they, they always Ooh, that was fun right and it's interesting here because this is a really a crucial bit for uh for a bit <laughs> uh but <laughs> she's talking about how much she's like you know the renegade let abel die the renegade is at fault and Bit chimes in here agreeing with what she's saying. Bit chimes yeah. in and is like, yes. And I was he like, know what wait, he's wait, talking wait, about. wait, 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 wait. So that confirms to me that uh, the Bit's yeses and nos are just opinions and aren't like, they're not unquestionable arbiters of truth. They're not like, it's not empirical. Yes. Except for that mega bit that I, uh, I, I created in <laughs> so, the last episode. That's right. That's the right. The one that the works for bit. Disney and approves all TV shows. Absolutely. What do you think of the Mandalorian? Uh, can we can we do the show? Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. <laughs> uh, Beck walks in and says that he agrees with Zed, and that it doesn't make any sense that the Renegade would kill Abel. And then this is a very frustrating part because Mara almost puts it together, because mm. she yells at Beck. How would you know anything about the renegade Beck? You weren't there. You're never there. It's like she almost comes right out and says, come in on. fact, I never see the two of you in the same place. You're like, you're almost, come on, Mara, real close. But <laughs> I, just, I wish, I mean, uh, I guess they were trying to stretch this out for multiple seasons, but I wish in the first season, Tron gets Rizzled. Uh, Mara and Paige are brought on board. Maybe Zed too. Zed's already kind of yeah. on board now anyway. Yeah, yeah, come on. And then Link could have like a Neville Longbottom turnaround and uh, become yeah. like a really almost, almost you know, better than Beck warrior turnaround by the end of the second <gasps> I season. I would love that. Mm, that'd be awesome. And they got to find some special weapons that have been discarded that nobody knows about. Disc nunchucks. That uh oh yeah, Cyrus has got an armory somewhere that he can't get into. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting myself all excited here. <laughs> we'll put it in seasons but, uh, two and three. Put it in seasons two and three. Back Honestly, at, uh, I am tempted to make that Twitter account where we just make our own synopses for the next season. I'm a hundred percent into it. When we could yeah. transcribe what we've come up with here and add to it, I think, yeah. I think we're onto something. Back at uh, Tron's remote spire hideout, Beck is fighting Tron, but he's fighting three Trons. Uh, mm. He's fighting these like Control C, Control V holodeck copies of Tron, and they're like they're all attacking him independently, and they're all talking to him. And just... I just kind of was like, <laughs> you can make independent copies of yourself, like even if it's and just in the confines the of a. It's kind of a, I guess it's kind of a holodeck scenario, so yeah, it's not. But it's not I just, that big my mind Im- immediately went to Doctor Manhattan, and <laughs> it's yeah, kind of kinky. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, yeah, for sure. Oh, what does Tron do out there in that remote hideout all by Ooh. himself all the time? <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, geez. 
Well, he's getting <laughs> he's getting really good at a few things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't interrupt Tron on his holodeck time. Yeah. Yeah, I just had to ask you some... Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, sir. Oh, my God. Knock. Knock before coming in here. He's learned some things from the users. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, he has. Right? I he guess. gets uh, kissed by... He gets kissed by Yori in 1982's Tron, and that's something that's never happened before. And the, he's like, whoa, it's nice. Yeah. He's like, like a new kissing. She brings kissing to the grid at the end of Nitty 2's Tron. So that's true. Who knows what's going on by this point? I find kissing uh, to be a weird thing. Like, if you just stop and think about it for a minute, it's just like, why well, are we doing this? Very strange. It's, it's very strange. Bizarre. It's very strange. There's no logical purpose behind it. No. No. That's like, if you don't think about it, it's very pleasurable. But when you really start to inspect it, you're like, that's a, that's a really weird thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tron collapses mid-fight, and we see his face scar is spreading more than usual. And not only that, it's also caving in. Big tiger slashes into his chest, and uh, so he gets into the healing chamber. And Beck tries to repair his unconscious shell, but uh, the computer is really not complying that well. Though the damage is really severe, so this is Dyson's uh, attack. And now Beck pushes the healing capsule too hard and blows it up. So Tron reveals that he's dying and that the yeah, damage. Good, he good job, Beck. Just kill him, I guess. That'll help. <laughs> Put it, I, I can do it by myself. Just turn it up to 11. What does this button do? Oh, it's broken. Well done, Beck. Well done. More power is how you dad. fix every problem. <laughs> right? Always. Uh, and uh, then. Uh, so we were. Before we recorded, we were talking about the concept art for the Star Wars logo. Was was there alternate versions of the Tron logo? Boy, that's a good... I don't... I mean, there must have been. But I think they arrived at this kind of style fairly early on. I think there right. was a, a style to the rest of the movie and the concept designs of Sid Mead and the concept designs of uh, Mobius that informed how they would go about making the logo. It wasn't like they came up with the logo and then the rest of the movie. So I think the 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 logo grew naturally out of uh, out of the designs that had already been done. And because as a concept, it had been kicking around for a super long time. So as a concept, in in the director's head, it had been kicking around at his animation company for quite a while. And uh, so by the time it got around to being made, making a logo was was something that was sort of independent of the production and, and informed by it. But I wonder if there was like, cause that sort of laser neon handwriting was really popular then. And also yeah. like uh, anything was, we can have reflections. We can make something look like Chrome. Well then make it look like Chrome. And but yeah. it doesn't have either of those things. So I don't know. Yeah, just, I'd be interested too. I won't. That and the Flynn's arcade font. Love both of them. They're great. They really are. I'm going to see if there's any alternative Tron logos. I had a dream. I just remembered that um, it, oh, it was Tron. It was specifically when there were, uh, there's that pool of energy, whatever it is that they drink from. But it was animated and it was like in this kind of rotoscope, Ralph Bakshi, Don Bluth-esque style. And it was really cool. 
Sounds fantastic. Not quite it's as close to. Hey. That's kind of close to how they did the water, the drinking the water scene in the cave in the in the crystal cave in 1982. Oh yeah, I mean it probably wouldn't be as impactful as the way they did actually make Tron, but it would have been a lot easier, I guess. They had an effect on the like they they applied a a manual effect to the water. So uh that was a, a very tricky thing for them to do. But it wasn't That's like, a really yeah, cool like it wasn't like a a Bakshi rotoscoped. Oh, that crystal cave is outstanding. That's one of my favorite locations in the entire movie. I wish they, they had put that something in like Tron that Uprising in, season two. They should. They find that cave. Oh yeah. my god, that becomes their bat cave. That becomes the rebellion secret hideout. <sighs> yeah. Oof. I'm so glad this is recording. Yep, I'm gonna okay, write it so, all down. Uh, Tron reveals, yeah, that he's dying and that the damage he survived. It's the damage that he he got during his fight with Cyrus. It yeah. gave Dyson's it gave Dyson's virus the opportunity it needed to really go to town, and uh, that it's terminal now, and that he only has two or three cycles left at most. So, as if we if we're going by earlier math in the show, two or three cycles. Uh, seems to mean around two or three days in in great yeah. time. That's the confusing thing so about uh, uh, Transformers as well, where they're talking about uh, I can't remember their unit of time, but it's just like just just say days. It's confusing the hell out of Just me. say days. Just 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 do it. Uh, it's rough times for Beck, though. I mean, first Abel gets killed, and now Tron is like, I'm going to be dead in three days. He's losing his two dads. He had he had a dad and a dad back up, and they're both going down. <laughs> They're going, yeah. He's losing both his dads, uh, but Beck is back at uh, Abel's garage now, and he's going through Abel's locker. Oh, and there it is on front of Abel's locker. You're right. It's Abel. It's A B L E. It's not like yeah. uh, it's not like Cain. It's not like Cain and Abel. It's not A B E L. I never uh, mentioned, I but I love the way the lockers open up. Where you press it in slightly, and then it raises up. Yeah, that's awesome. I want and like uh, that. but he finds Zed. Zed comes in, and and you know, like Beck comes across a, a snapshot in Abel's locker of of him and like Abel, Mara, Zed, and Beck making a funny face to the camera. You know, kind of. I really like that snapshot. photo. It looks so natural. It's very hard to capture that sort of candid, just impromptu photo kind of thing, especially with the group. But it feels real. Yeah, it feels really real. It feels authentic. And Zed interrupts him saying, look, there's no rush to, to clean this up. You know, you can, if you're freaking out, just... Uh, just I'm just starting to like Zed a little bit. He comes, yeah, he, he has had a real bit of a turnaround here during, over the course of the season because he really was somebody that I, I didn't like very much in the first four episodes, but he's very, he's, he's getting better now. Yeah. But uh, He's not Beck's simping for Mara. He has a personality. <laughs> exactly yeah and beck's walking home by himself when he gets uh jumped he's walking home through the shady alleys of argon city by himself and he gets jumped by a person in a mask oh that's my daughter yeah i'm here and somebody <laughs> but uh yeah beck's walking home by himself through the shady alleys of argon city when he gets jumped by a person in a helmet and it's cutler the Yay, program he back. saved way back way back in the day and he's warning back the clue is coming with the mega recognizer and he wants to Part get... of me was kind of hoping it was Abel who came back to life but no. oh totally 
and he get I'm undercover. It's it's better now that people think I'm dead. That would have been that would have been wonderful. <sighs> but it's, I mean, I like Cutler too. He's he's square head. Love him. It's great. And that fantastic voice, you know, Lance Reddick is just like, oh my gosh, keep talking. So manly. <laughs> so dreamy. So manly. Uh, and he wants to get he wants Beck to get word to Tron to meet him at the docks at the beginning of the next cycle. So, and uh, of course, Beck goes dressed as Tron. And there's this uh, one thing I noticed in this scene is there's a slight digital fuzz to Beck's voice when he yeah. speaks. Like it's a little modulated, which I haven't noticed before. But I think this it is supposed go- it comes to suggest. In and out. It's like his voice. I think it's starting to hint that his voice is being disguised hmm. so that cutler won't recognize his voice like immediately <laughs> immediately or any of his friends or anybody who oh talking yeah to no back. as the renegade or tron his voice is always synthesized but when characters are just talking normally sometimes you do get that digital warble thing going on uh and then some characters have it way worse than others and i've noticed like uh keller when she started trying to sell out the renegade to page mm. in the train episode she had the digital fuzz to her voice until she kind of shook her head and shook it off so there's yeah. always kinda, it's like a symbol of mind control or, or or something something going on with the with the program so mm. but uh tron asked cutler to talk about the ambush that he has planned for clue because Cutler was like i got this sweet ambush going on that uh that we're gonna take out clue and, and cutler's like oh for sure i'll tell you all about the ambush it's simple really and the shipping containers <laughs> open up to reveal hundreds of red programs cutler cutler's a bad guy and he wasn't even red he was bad yeah, this he was whole able time to he... hide his circuitry i don't know but cutler turns red after his treachery is revealed and uh, there's a really cool slow-mo shot of the red programs walking forward and firing up their discs with that, that really cool, you know, skill saw, buzz saw, tinny, power tool, menace sound when they fire up. And this is like, I think it's it, it's echoing a shot from Legacy with the with the games when they're walking forward. I never thought about discs. it before, but I guess that sound is a buzz saw or something like that that they've altered. Yeah, heavily modulated because it's kind of like a, a lightsaber too. There's a there's an electric hum to it, but it's yeah, it's, it's got that uh, that that buzzsaw ringing to it. It's just it really gives off like a don't touch this. It gives off a great sound of menace and danger, which is which is really cool. I've always been confused so, about how they hold the discs because the hand seems to go through where the blade is spinning, but it doesn't affect yeah. them. I think it's got something to do with the fact that it's their disc. If somebody <laughs> imagining... else grabs it off you and Yeah, like, like they, Pavel they... taking uh... that other guy's disc, he kills the guy, takes the disc, and he's like, Oh yeah, shit, this is this this hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess yeah, I guess not. There must be something about it. I don't know. They don't they don't affect the palms of people's hands, maybe. I don't know. I guess you could to cut your potentially describe off. it from the inside? I don't know. Yeah, then it would always kind of be like dangling off your fingers, right? Mm. Which is one way to do it. You just have to be really careful. I imagine it would be a very quick teacher, you know, in the same way that gravity is a really great teacher, you know. Like... The original discs were much more simple. They were just frisbees with a spiral <laughs> on it. It's fine. Right. 
all you needed. That's all you needed. I'm still mad but, that uh, I got rid of my the... Tron disc. They're worth hundreds of dollars yeah. now. I'm an idiot. Now, me. Yeah. So many old so many old toys are worth a lot now that you, you had no idea. You had no idea yeah. that was ever gonna Oh man, they mass produce those things. I didn't think they had any worth. No No, no they do. <laughs> now they do. Well, so maybe they're, they're gonna cornering... do a third Tron and then I'll I'll have another identity. <laughs> there we go. But they're cornering back uh to the he's got his back to the to the cliff that goes into the ocean and he jumps off the cliff into the ocean and uh fires up his light guider and light glider jumps comes up out of the water and now he's going uh he's going along just like skirting above the waves and cutler doesn't seem too phased but then the mega the mega recognizer comes up out of the ocean in beck's path like a whale like a leviathan just massively comes up out of the water and he's pulling up and pulling up and pulling up but it's like uh uh like he's pulling up in front of a rising cliff and he overloads his engine and falls into the sea again but then again, lots uh, of really tight action yeah lots of great action but he, he splashes up out of the water uh in his light glider and then several red programs fire up their light gliders and give chase and they're going to sh- Cutler's inside the mega recognizer and she he's they're gonna shoot him down, but Cutler says, No, we take him alive. And I could really hear the Lance Reddick here in that line, that cadence of his specific voice. Mm. Take him alive. There's something there was something I was like, I could just I could see his face so clearly in that in that one line. And then we get into this really high adrenaline canyon fight out of nowhere with all these uh walkways going between the two faces of the canyon. So it's really treacherous to be there in there with a light glider. And he's got three of them chasing him. So that takes out at least one or two of them. Uh, then the, uh, the mega recognizer fires a giant bolt of energy into the canyon, wrecking parts of it, which forces him up into the open. And then now this is pod his... racing. Now this is pod racing. That's all. I... Yeah, very much. It's all I can think about. <laughs> And he gets his light jate destroyed, so he falls onto one of the red ones and takes it over, turning it white and turning on its light trail, uh, and then taking out another another jet. But as he comes to the to the exit point of the canyon, the mega recognizer is there and is blocking his path. And Cutler says, Hey, I know Tron is dying. I've got the clue. I mean I've got the cure. Clue knows yeah, the truth. I mean, is dying. it the same same thing? Right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, if you surrender and you come to me, you get cured. And that's it. And uh so that's that's Clue it. is a cool so name. Just, I'll, I'll just, I'm gonna change my name to Clue. Yeah. I think it's a great name. I love it. Yeah. Of the sort of non computer related names in the grid, Clue's uh Clue's a great one. Hmm. So back at Tron's hideout, Beck is discussing Cutler's offer with Tron while Tron is being treated with, I don't know what these are, pressure cups? Little vacuum tubes hooked up to ceiling cables? I don't know. I love it. Yeah, it's really and, cool. Uh, he's, he's, he's got, got this breathing he's, mask thing going. Yeah, he's got an oxygen mask going. And now I'm like, now I want to see like a whole episode of Tron ER or some some hospital yes. drama. An episode set just in the hospitals on the grid or something like that. I think that would be... Uh, a really good, 
a really good spotlight episode of just set one inside a hospital so we could really see what that's all about. Yeah, maybe uh, another flashback with Paige or something. Yeah, sure, right? But it looks uh, like so it's we get sucking out the code, filtering it, correcting it, putting it back in. Yeah, inside the vacuum tubes, there's all these little letters and mathematical symbols and stuff bouncing around in there like moths, and that's, uh, and then it all goes back into them when they when they disengage. So that's pretty cool. Mm. So they talk about the cure, and apparently, if you're going to get repurposed by Clue, it involves a total erasure and rebuild. So they take everything out of you, which in Tron's case would include the virus, and turn his body into a clean, healthy, blank slate body. And then they would pour in the red code, which would repurpose Mm. him. But Beck says that maybe he could interrupt the process at the right point and rescue the cured Tron before he gets the red code poured into him. And as a finale finale, or at least the ending for Tron's story, I think this is great. This is a really wonderful way of wrapping this up, even though they do sort of backtrack it. But let's just pretend it didn't happen. Otherwise, yeah, I found this very uh, intense. I was on the edge of my seat going, oh, God, this is I know this is going to fail. They're going to fail. This is going to go real bad. Yeah, if they were going to dovetail it with Legacy, then it's like this is when Tron gets Rinslered. This is obviously when that happens, right? And Yeah, and I think gonna... it's a really great point where you're ju- he, Tron can't go in anymore. He doesn't want to die. He still feels like he needs to be around, and he's just pushed to that point. And I can't see them coming up with any other justification that's as good as this one. This feels natural. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also like the reveal that he's sick, the reveal that Dyson did it, the reveal that he's terminal. Like there's been this slow build to this crux, mm. and uh, yeah, it would have been nice if this was the this was the moment where he gets taken out. The nice thing but about being a program is. is even when you're sick and dying, you still look pretty badass. <laughs> you still look pretty good, yeah. You know, so humans, we've got to be in our pajamas, we'd be all pale or, or red and patchy or whatever it is. You know, we look horrible when we're sick. But no, nah, as a program, you've got this cool scar on your face. You're still wearing your cool Tron <laughs> costume. You still look really awesome. Yeah, that's how so I want to to, uh, we go back to, me too. We go back to <laughs> Abel's garage and Zed is trying to change Mara's mind about the renegade. The tables have sort of turned there because now Zed's like, no, come on, the renegade's awesome. And Mara's like, forget it. No, he can't. And Mara can't roll with it because she's still really broken up about Abel's death. It seems to be, it's clear now that she's just really having a hard time with Abel being dead. And she's blaming it all on the renegade, but it's kind of a disguise for her own rampant grief. But a giant Yeah, because Zed keeps probing, like, well, that doesn't, that's not logical. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you think that? She's like, I know yeah. it doesn't make any sense. I just hate him, you know? <laughs> And then we get a, a, recognize, a recognizer lands at the mouth of the garage and Pavel comes out stating that the garage in the absence of Abel is now under military control and takes it. It's funny to me in. they just land the recognizer on top of these bikes. There, there was so much room. They could have landed anywhere. But Pavel's like, no, <laughs> right here, there, good. Over, land there. over, over. Yeah, yeah, right on the bikes. 
Right yeah. there, right there. Yep, perfect. Sorry, you should keep going. <laughs> and uh, so he goes into the into the garage and goes into Abel's office and takes a seat in Abel's office. And here's a tragic moment. Bit is all like, no, 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 no. And Pavel kills Bit. Mm. He uh, straight up discs Bit and uh, derezzes Bit. Now, oh, but you missed the most important line. Pavel like, oh, welcome sorry. to my house of pain. <laughs> welcome to my house of pain, he says. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just love him. <laughs> it's so it's such a non sequitur it's like what okay sure it's very pavel but it's uh he's such a bitch not very he, he really is but i really hope um, that this is i kind of want to cosplay as him as of all tron characters i don't know he's won me over he's got a great costume but also he's just so much fun he's got a great costume and he's a hoot and a holler he's a fantastic heel as they say in the wrestling in the yeah wrestling but isn't he supposed to be in bloody uh what do you call it uh what, what's that city called um uh pergos there we go haha didn't have to look it up yeah he's supposed to be in pergos mm. well he's in charge of pergos but I guess with the episodic nature of this show, it's not like he's banished to Pergos. He can still fly a recognizer over here. Oh, maybe this is him oh. uh, claiming more territory on the map. Yeah. That's true, right? Because now it's like, what, are you going to stay at the garage? Because you got a whole city to run. So I don't know how you're going to do that. But I was he's really wondering from if, this that is, office. if this is still, if this is the same bit from 1982, Right. If it is, and this bit is unique and has seen some stuff, mm. and this is a really trivial and heartbreaking end for it. If this is the bit from 1982, which I got the impression was a custom uh, thing, it's not something that all, you know, that everybody has. So this bit might be the one bit from 1982's Tron, and if this is its death, yeah, because Mara right. had uh, a bit with her, but we don't know if that's the same bit or a different I, one. I think it's the same one, right? So I don't. Well. They were commuting to work together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the mechanics start talking Rest about how. Bit. Rest in peace, bit. I hardly knew you. The mechanics start talking about how maybe they shouldn't rely on the renegade for every single rescue because they're like, uh, this is bad news. And they're kind of waiting for a rescue. And somebody's like, maybe we don't need to to do that. But the back of the docks, and one of him. Victory is ours if you can count. <laughs> back at the docks, Tron turns himself into Cutler and the Mega Recognizer. And Beck is perched on top of the recognizer and then inside the recognizer tron this is a great is... shot just all the guards lined up and tron oh, yeah. slowly handing himself over that's so cool and uh and then he gets this put into finality the to it into... it really does feel it's like this a... is the end it's weird that they didn't go that way because this really feels like okay here's here's what's gonna happen you know uh, and Tron, Tron sees a is... lot of top-down shots. So Cutler comes out, and then all the guards, you know, trying it's like in this triangular formation, follow him, and they all go up into the recognizer. And that seems to be so. I guess because it does look more or less human, more machine-like, more like organized computer code. That Legacy also has a lot of top-down shots. Just seems to be a thing that Tron does. 
Yeah. Well, and also when you've got a CG environment like that, you can afford to go wide, afford to show yeah. it off. But there's drama to it, you know. But uh, Tron gets put into his reprogramming uh, tube, and you can there's a close up on his hand, and he activates a, a tracking a tracking pad on his hand, and that alerts sneaky sneaky Beck clicking to the top of the mega mega recognizer that the process has started and so he stealths his way in and takes out a bunch of uh a bunch of guards and we get this great shot here where the data extraction for tron begins uh so his disc floats off of his back and floats off up above him and then he reaches up to his levitating disc and grabs onto it and tips his head back letting his code start to come out from his forehead uh, up through the disc but it's this ironic echo of his body movements for his conversation with alan one back in nitty two's tron you know he's, mm. he's reaching up to his identity uh to you know it's exactly like from the from the, even the poster for tron so it's so yeah. dark that it's being mimicked in this scene here where he's actually having his entire personality erased and, that's uh, true I just love yeah the, I love that Legacy and this show did so much of their homework with Night Nitty Two's Tron, and there's not enough of the design sense from that movie in both of those properties. But the callbacks are there; they're all over the place in in both of them, and I, I really, I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Oh, I was going to send you a video last night. Someone just did a lot of uh, sci-fi side. It's eight minutes long of all the sci-fi side comparisons of callbacks between Tron and Tron Legacy. And Fantastic. There's, there's ones I didn't even notice before. Well, yeah, after doing the movie by minute for Night 1982's Tron, I went and I watched Legacy and I was like, whoa, there's another one. Whoa, there's yeah. another one. Like now that my head was stuffed with Tron facts, I was seeing these callbacks all over the place that I didn't quite touch on, didn't quite get the first time I saw Legacy. And there's probably more in Tron Uprising that we probably missed now I think about it. Yeah, probably, here and there. But we see Tron's programming start to double helix out from his forehead into the repository, and then you see his body cure as his code leaves, but his eyes are white, so he's like a. It was blank. a very simple procedure. It happened so quickly. It was uh, no yeah. problem at all. Seems like <laughs> barely an inconvenience. It seems like they they don't need uh, they don't need doctors. Yeah. They can just suck all your code out. And then you'll be fine. But he's about yeah, to be could repurposed. They, is this new technology for them? Or is this just very exclusive technology? I, I don't it's get it. It's something that was recently developed for Clue. I think that's something that's been touched on before. So, And mm -hmm. I think the deal is is that when you get all of your code sucked out, you're uh, in a coma. You're kind of in a, uh, you're, you're an empty shell. You're a zombie. But so then Dyson was repaired and he, well... I mean, Tron implies that he's changed, but I don't know. Well, you get, you get it, you get it put back into you. That's, I'm not entirely clear on what's happening mm. here, but the, but the first half of it is about to happen. But watching Beck desperately trying to fight through these guards to get to Tron, it was so intense. It's just like, oh god, yeah. it's too late. It's too late, Beck. Yeah. He sets off the uh, like whatever the steam system emergency fire system in the guarded corridor. It takes it out. There's this five second countdown to Tron's repurposing beginning, and the program hits zero, 
and the red programming starts to go into Tron's head. And that's when guard like uh, Beck's shoulder throws a guard into Tron's vestibule, breaking it and toppling Tron. And uh, Cutler goes, gets his, that's his solution, right? Huck a rock at it. Uh, Cutler goes to beat Beck and then Tron says, wait, he's mine. Oh, but it's a ruse. Apparently he's fine. He's like, wink, it's me. I'm okay. But, and then yeah, flee. I don't know. I, I mean, it's cool and all, but I was definitely watching this going, I wish he was actually changed. Yeah, because it's like, yay, he's been rescued. But at the same time, yeah, you want the setup for season two. That would be great, actually. I, I was mentioning this before, just the, the slow decline and loss of his personality so right here he could you know still be talking still be recognizable as tron and then every other time he shows up in the series he's less and less well human i guess isn't the right word but less and less of his personality is there sure sure the red starts to spread kind of thing where he's like Mm. he's, he's, he's he's like you know maybe we should kill that one criminal he's pretty bad you know, and then starts to like get more and more ruthless and stuff until it's like, dude, I don't think I rescued you. I think, I think the code that's in you is taken over. So it becomes kind of a Jekyll and Hyde. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. So either he stays with uh, the occupation, or does he go back and still stay with Beck and and all that in the in the hideout, and then slowly he gets corrupted. I don't know. Oh, could go either way. I don't know. Could go. Well, actually, way. so if we can't, we can't write. Come, what has happened here? So I guess if we yeah. were to write season two, what's happened here is yes, enough of that red code has gotten inside of him that he's slowly being corrupted, and slowly he's going to start saying some questionable things to Beck and saying, yeah. you know what? Why not kill them? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what's got to happen. That's the arc. I think that's how that's you write your way out. Too. And then season three would be yeah just just back in his pals fighting yeah, the occupation. Yeah, we see Rinsler go Rinsler. And then we pull a Rogue One, and they all get killed at the end of uh, season three. Yay! I love depressing yep. endings. Everybody dies. Yep, it's great. Uh, Rinsler has two but in this... discs. Is one of them like the the Renegade disc? I don't know. I think so. I think he's got. Well, his disc splits into two, right? That's why he gives. He he he's always splitting them into two, and he gave one to Beck. So I think he mm. he has them. He has them back now, and now they're both. They've yeah. both been repurposed. So that's why he's got. Oh, yes. Yeah, so end of season discs. three, I guess Beck is repurposed or destroyed. I don't know. Oh yes, yes. Rinsler kills Beck, takes the, the the disc back. Oh god, it's heartbreaking. I hate this. I love it. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, it's it terrible. Really, it's great. <laughs> it's terrible. It's awesome. <laughs> they're they're fighting in this uh, main hangar now. This uh, this is really weird main hangar of the of the of the mega recognizer. And there's look what looks like a an elevator with no housing on it or like a giant vertical water wheel. There's all these mm. r- dangerous, very dangerous 
series of platforms going down into this square hole that looks like if you could if you slipped a limb in there you could get it chopped off so that's kind of where they're fighting it kind of reminds me of no idea what that would be no idea no idea it's it's just there to be dangerous it kind of reminds me of the giant plasma towers in the duel of the fates at the end of the phantom menace they look fantastic the same thing and like don't touch them and like but why are there no guard railings and what is this place you know like that kind of that kind of thing it's moving too fast but if it was moving more slowly i would say that it's for moving uh inventory up and downstairs yeah yeah well it reminds me of there was a there was some elevators in some buildings that i saw some footage of in like black and white old footage where they were elevators but they were only big enough for two or three people and one was going up and one was going down and they were doing it like like the series of elevators in this scene here they were just open Mm. with no doors and they would just be these floors that would just keep going up and keep going up and keep going up perpetually so you just kind of stepped in and then stepped off when you got to your floor but there was no doors there was no no yeah no safety mechanisms no doors it was just kind of this uh you know like an escalator like two yeah exactly like an escalator only it was like a bunch of little coffins and uh (laughs) yeah one was going up and one was going down so there's just people pouring out of the bottom and but it's like wow that looks like one of the most dangerous things i've ever seen in my life you know (laughs) But yeah, it's uh, it's more efficient, but at what cost? Yeah, but at what cost? Two legs a week. That's the that's the, that's the cost. <laughs> but uh, so it's they're so having a fight strange in there. that there weren't even buildings taller tall enough to justify having elevators until fairly recently. It was only yeah yeah twentieth century, late nineteenth, early twentieth century, where people had buildings yeah. taller than three stories. And also back then, the rich people lived on the ground floor, and it was the mm. the poor people that had to like buy the houses on top at the top of the buildings because they had to walk all the way up there. So, you know, the the the, the richer people paid for the privilege of having their apartment on the ground floor. That was a real sign of of uh, prestige that your apartment was on the ground floor, and that the I mean, the poor my apartment lived up is I'm living in number one. I'm in the first. Uh, on the first floor and uh or ground floor if you will and yeah uh, i much prefer that because there's no elevator it's only three three floors high so yeah that would be a pain in the ass (laughs) yeah and they had all these like tent cities and shanty towns on the tops of the buildings because that's where all the sort of poor people gathered then then they invented the elevator and that inverted the whole dynamic now we've mm. got pet houses, right? Now we've got... Yeah, those, I love those... how technology shifts things like that culturally. Right? As, it's wild to even think about. That's such a... That, that invention changed something that... That's why I think a lot about uh, self-driving cars and how that's going to change car culture and what is it going to mean to be able to drive for yourself or is that not even going to be a thing? I think it'll be a hobbyist thing and it'll be yeah. a maybe a like a hick thing like it'll be like if you come from a really small town far away from a lot of power sources then maybe you'll have you know it's in your best interest to learn how to manually drive 
if you're raised yeah. in a city, who cares? Everything's self-driving in the city. You, you won't have a need for it. But if you're a farmer, or yeah, you live in a small I get, town, in Australia especially, you know, we've got all these trucks going from the west coast to the east coast. There's almost nothing in the middle. So yeah, yeah, they would still have to be driving the old-fashioned way and probably fuel, yeah. use fuel, not electricity. Yeah. So Beck gets his helmet nearly taken off by a series of impacts because he's gotten his he's got his head shoved into this uh rotating slow moving buzzsaw by cutler but he derises his helmet which gives him the clearance to stop getting hit by them but it also shows cutler his face and up to this point uh cutler didn't cutler knew he was the renegade but he didn't know that the renegade was Beck, this guy that helped rescue him at the games back in episode two or whatever. So mm. he shows Cutler his face and Cutler's like, whoa, 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 and starts to fight the brainwashing. And he starts yes. flashing between he's flashing between red and white. He's having that, you know, like at the end of the take on me video, you know, he's like yeah. trying to fight it. Back I can't yeah, I can't hit him. You must hit him. I can't hit him. You must hit him. He's like He's going back and forth. And so he throws himself, he, he picks up a, a grenade and times it, sets it off. So it's doing its, its uh, countdown thing. And then he it's throws himself off. a great facial off. animation on him as he's oh, you know, struggling so to good. keep control. And then as he, so good. When, when Beck realizes, oh no, he's too far gone. He's just got this absolutely villainous look on his face. Manic, totally, it's great. Just maniacal grin, yeah. So he's he, he and that's what's going to happen to Tron eventually. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But Beck grabs him, so he's holding on to his hand as he dangles above the, uh, I guess, the main power reactor of the Mega Recognizer. And uh, Tron's like, "Yeah, don't just let him go." And Beck's like, "We can fix him." And then, yeah, we get these great shots of Cutler's face, and he's just <laughs> full Joker, small pupils, totally. You know, I don't know why the light burst out of his face like that, but it looks cool. No, that was a, a super cool effect, but one we've never seen before. It is a little like, okay, sure. I guess you're really going through a struggle, you know. Does that happen sometimes? <laughs> you know, you should see somebody about that. You've got rays of light coming out of your mouth and your eye holes. Okay. but uh, As he, he falls down the, the shaft, I was kind of hoping that he would hit the edge of the uh structure on the way down i always love that in movies where it's just like the body yeah. just goes tumbling out of control and it looks even more brutal ding dang yeah like the uh guy hitting the propeller in titanic <laughs> oh. it's one of those moments where you're like tong and he starts going into a spin you're like oh my gosh oh my gosh yeah, it just makes there. it way more painful and brutal. Like you did not only are you oh, yeah. falling all that way, no, you hit everything on the way down. Yeah, you're getting rocked on the way. That's not, it's not cool. But this is kind of a, a a Death Star destruction moment. Like he gets, he plunges down into what I guess is the engine core, and he detonates mm. his grenade, which is just a grenade, but I guess it sets off a chain reaction and it totally blows up whatever's powering that half of the mega recognizer maybe even its main power core so that's that's it for the mega recognizer and then and then it falls to its death right in front of the garage where everybody is is like wow look at that there's a, a giant mega recognizer that 
Did God, Pavel know about this thing? He doesn't seem to know. He doesn't recognize nope. or recognize it. <laughs> Pavel doesn't know, and Tesla doesn't know. This is something that Tyson uh, Dyson was doing under under Clues Express orders, and also as a secret, he had to keep it from Tesla and his crew. So, who knows why? Like you said, I wish it was more of a, a Mac or something we hadn't seen before. Yeah, I want, I I want mean, there Trump was. A, there was a super tank, you know, about halfway through the season there, there was a giant super mm. tank, right? Which is like, okay, it's a big tank. All right. Yeah, so it's the same thing, but slightly bigger. Okay. But slightly cool. bigger. But uh, so Beck wanders out of the wreckage of the of the mega recognizer, and Tron is pinned under some wreckage. He's like, oh, God. Yeah. So Tron uh, splits his disc again and gives half to Beck. Beck puts on his Tron disguise and decoys the guards away so that Tron has time to cut himself free. And the mechanics see him fighting a guard on top of the wreckage and they're standing in awe. And that's when Pavel sends in the guards. But the guards walk past everybody and then they got to walk past Mara and Mara blocks their path and fires up her disc. And then Zed joins her and so does Link. Well, Pavel is just like, uh-huh, well, someone killed her already. <laughs> just absolutely on face. Yeah. And then they all, then Link joins, and all the other mechanics join. Even Bartik and Hopper there in the final shot. And then I think, no, I am Tronicus. I am, I am Tronicus. And this is when Mara says, "Welcome to my house of pain." I think she says it right. Oh no, Zed does. I think she says, "Oh, Zed does right." Yeah, yeah. And Pavel is like, "You're all fired," and runs. And uh, Tron says, "The uprising has begun." Yeah. And, Back at Tesla's base, we get Tesla being angry that he had no idea about the Mega Recognizer, and then we see a fleet of super cool ships coming in formation towards Argon City, and Dyson and Clue are at the head of the flagship, and they're about to descend on Argon to take it over. And Tesla has no idea what's going on, what's coming. He's just nope. absolutely in the dark. I wonder and what his I feel is like, gonna be. Oh, Clue's gonna derez him, right? Episode one, season two, <laughs> opening credits. Yeah. Surprise, bitch! But you've seen the last of me. And then he just kills <laughs> Tesla outright. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Although I, I'd love that, to that... have a bit a better death, but. I don't know, we could we could draw it out a little bit, but I just like the idea of him going out like a bitch. Just uh, you don't deserve anything. <laughs> just but, uh, faking him out with a handshake and then <laughs> yeah. put her there. Uh, just love, kidding, Drez. I love that sort of beginner, the entry level villain where season one or the first movie, the first book, you're just like, oh god, this guy is the worst. And then season two, haha, actually it gets worse. There's someone way worse yeah. than that guy. He was your best friend practically. Yeah. He was an underling. He was pretty kind comparatively. Yeah. 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 He was just he was he was mischievous compared to this guy. Yeah, for sure. Oh god, yeah, two t- seasons two and three with Dyson and Clue and ah, uh, and I I love the idea of Tron slowly being corrupted instead of because when I first watched this episode I went oh well they've just backtracked everything and it's 
you've you've kind of undone that drama there. But no, and I wonder if this was intended. I asked Elijah Wood; he couldn't give me specifics. He just said, "Oh, well, you know, it's gonna lead into legacy." And uh, yeah, I mean, it got darker, but that's all I can say. Disney snipers on me, all of that. <laughs> but so apparently, yeah. they still can't talk about it, even nearly ten years later. No, I don't think there's a lot of statute of limitations on those NDAs. And then also, I mean, it's got to be like way later to the point where nobody really cares. Where it's yeah, probably still tech, it's still still technically illegal for you to do it, but it's it, yeah, that was I, in 1950. Uh, so let's see. So the the show came out like 2011, 2012, and then I saw Elijah about two years ago, a year or two ago. So yeah, I guess I mean, it's not quite ten years even. Well, hopefully we find out one day. Yes. I, I really hope there's a, another reveal somewhere where they, you know, they throw that in there if they're going to redo a bunch of other stuff. I hope they can squeeze I out honestly, a few dollars what have for they got to lose? property. Yeah. I th- as, as you said, the biggest problem is that they keep trying to do super big budget things and expecting Tron to perform in a way it was just never meant to. Well, and that's, yeah, that's the problem that's always been prevalent in Tron from 1982 to Legacy to Uprising is they keep pouring A-list talent and really high budgets into it, trying to make it a flagship property. And it was like, guys, it's never been that. It doesn't mm. work when you do that. You're setting it up to fail. They tried doing that with Doctor Who as well. And they've, they've done cinema releases for like the 50th yeah. special and stuff like that. And mostly that was a novelty because in terms of box office, it, it clearly it has its niche audience, but it's never going to be an Avengers. It's never going to be a Star Wars. No, no. So don't don't yeah don't lean into that. Don't try to put that on. But Doctor Who is very successful, but just not a blockbuster successful. Yeah, or you get something like The Mandalorian, which is like a small story set in a bigger mm. universe, right? So that's what you kind of need with. I mean, even the Mandalorian's a thing higher to shoot for than what I would want out of a Tron television show or a, or another Tron. Oh yeah, tr- Tron. Yeah, I'd just be happy like, with just, more uprising. I just want to explore the universe more. I just want to go there more, and I want to learn more about it, and I want to see cool things. I want to see light cycle races, and I want to. I would love just, an open world Tron game. I would spend every day of my life in that world. <laughs> Well, somebody's making a VR Tron game right now, and it's looking Yay. pretty dang cool. I think it's an independent, but uh, that's that might be it. Like that might be the way to really go forward. If there was like a, a killer app for VR, maybe it would be an immersive Tron game. If it was really good, it would make me buy a VR setup. That's for sure. <sighs> I guess I just gotta write more fan fiction now. <laughs> yep that's what we gotta do we gotta come up with a season two and three and write more fan fiction because that's it for uprising which yep. is uh saddening for me and it's saddening for you i imagine it's yep. it's, it's a bit of a bit of a sad day but it's been i wasn't expecting going all to episodes. get so emotionally invested yeah i'm pretty bummed out and i didn't i thought i would be a little bit bummed out but i'm kind of really bummed out <laughs> i'm really sad about it it's kind of yeah because i this is the third time i've watched this show over the course of like eight years or so i think it is and i didn't really remember it that clearly 
watching it again and really analyzing it and realizing, wow, this is some top notch stuff. We were we were sleeping yeah. on this, guys, and realizing, ah, there's no more. <laughs> it's got a it, there. Are, it has its weaknesses, but its strengths, I think, are are very much really really strong i think its weaknesses are outweighed by its strengths and i think or sorry no its strengths are there's the right way of saying that it has more strengths than weaknesses and it's uh weaknesses are outweighed really by weaknesses. the strengths yes honestly i'd put it up there with uh the avatar you know legend of Korra and, and last airbender and all that you know i'd put it up there in terms of writing and ambition it's high praise yeah but no one but, watched uh, it God damn it! No one watched it, and uh, and it faded from from memory. I, hope I think they, the biggest I hope problem was it. those. Yeah, I I think the biggest problem was those first three or four episodes. It was very slow to get off the ground, and really I think slow. yeah, people tuning in just out of curiosity weren't big Tron fans who weren't going to try to keep going with it. No. Yeah, I, I think you probably lost them in those first three four episodes where they just went nothing's happening some, this is very yeah. basic some magical and you got you gotta hook them early with this and then and then keep them going so something big something big in the first episode and uh and it's not even like really, you know really nowadays pretty. it's not too high concept you know we have science fiction all around us it's not that difficult to convey this concept anymore so why did we have to take it slow yeah, it's kind of like going through Superman's Uncle Ben origin at the beginning of every movie, right? Like, we mm. don't need to do that anymore. Those days are over. We know. I think right? you can identity... Put it, you can put it before the opening credits. Yeah. Yeah, basically, you just go, oh, well, this is Beck, and this is his deal. There you go. Um, it's probably... I'm looking at the episodes now. Identity, which is episode five, where Beck loses his disc. I think that's the first time yeah. you really... There's a story with a sense of stakes. You're intrigued. It's building up on the world and the concepts more. And before that, I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, Beck's beginning, that's just very much a very bland introduction to the whole thing. Renegades part one and two, all you get out of that is Cutler. That's basically it. Yeah. Blackout. Blackout was fun. You know, there was all the, the, the street racing and Beck telling those guys, hey, get out of here. Okay, we will get out of here. That was fun. <laughs> and we got to see race. You got to see like an underground market and racing and some cool new characters. Yeah. So there's bits and pieces in those first four episodes that are fun, but I think that's only because I'm watching it in hindsight and having known where everything's going in the context, whereas... When I was watching for the first time, I just went, what is this show? Where is it going? This is so bland. Yeah, that's right, right? So, yeah, Beck's Beginning, Two-Part Renegade, Blackout, and then, yeah, Identity is where it really starts to kick off. And they probably Renegade did like not that. need to be two parts. There is not enough in that to nope. warrant two parts. Well, yeah, they're trying to inject a bunch of emotion into it that doesn't exist yet. Mm. You know? gonna make a cliffhanger with characters that we literally just met i'm like okay well okay sure yeah who puts a cliffhanger in the first few episodes of a season that's crazy yeah well maybe they were trying to open with a movie kind of a thing open with a basically a movie so they made it like a two-part i don't know 
I don't know what their thought yeah, process I, was. Yeah, how would you start this season? You know, how do we open it with a bang that really gets people invested? Well, if it's called Tron Uprising, I'd start with Tron and uh, right. go from there. Maybe like, I would almost one and two. Yeah, like I would want Tron's damage. I would almost want to see Tron's fall from grace. Yeah. And right? I want to see Tron get hounded, get damaged, end up in that hideout and have to train start to have to train a new a new sidekick kind of thing and then well batman beyond begins with i almost said batman begins but batman beyond begins with old man batman just he he almost resorts to pulling the trigger on a gun you know he's fighting these bad guys he's getting overwhelmed there's a gun in his hand and he almost fires it and he realizes nah this is it i i can't do this anymore i'm too old and that's just such a captivating opening, you know. This is Batman pushed to a point where you never thought he'd get to. And mm-hmm. so I, I think we need the, needed the same thing with Tron where, okay, you're here for Tron. This is his whole deal. Here is him pushed to a point where he cannot function on his own. He needs a, an apprentice. And we don't get that. Yeah, we don't get that. So there's, there's something. And I think Beck on his own isn't uh hugely interesting uh, yeah i mean uh, beck is just another one of those yeah he's one of those protagonists who's just pleasant you know i i like him he's nice but it's not like i'm so invested and and if he had some kind of dramas of his own that would have helped to sell him and maybe he could have carried the story by himself for this first few episodes but as it stands not really oh you know if he was more like page you know, Paige is a very compelling character. She could have carried yeah. an opening of a series by herself. I think it's very hard for this show to be conceptualized because it's got to be pitched to kids and then also mm. be good enough for adults. So you've got this middle ground that's just going to be prevalent in all of the concepts. You're going to come up with something slightly beige for everybody. And, uh, and then yeah. uh, that kind of takes the teeth away from Mara, takes complexity away from Beck. I think there's uh, there's a lot that like as the show goes on, it starts to get layered and it starts to get more nuanced. But I, I wish think, they had just uh, pitched this to adults. It could have been so much more if you could just go straight in, make it this dark kind of Aeon Flux kind of show. Yeah, and without just making it filled with nudity and swear words or whatever like pitch it to adults in a in a in a, a, a good way you know in the good way yeah because that's the thing you got mtv episode. animation back in the 90s and now you've got things like yeah. uh love death robots and that shows yeah. that there is there is an audience for adult animation but in the yeah. western world it just has this uneasy place and uprising kind of came a little too early or a little too late yeah yeah i think so well who knows Here's to the yeah. future, and I hope I hope we get more. I think we're united in our hope for more. Yes. But, I uh, oh. until such time. Hmm? I don't know if we could actually. Can we start? I guess we could just start a petition. I mean, there's probably more important problems in the world, but <laughs> we you know could what? Start a petition. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Disney will even even register it on their on their censors, but who knows? Yeah, the giant bit who approves everything won't look at it. <laughs> yes. So, but uh, yeah, until such time as new uprising or new Tron properties come out, uh, I've been Duncan Shields, and it's been my absolute pleasure to go through this 
entire series again and uh yeah you know it's been a, it's been wonderful yeah and the story doesn't end here if you want to listen to tron legacy get the movies by minute treatment the first 10 or so episodes are now on my patreon patreon.com slash designs Otherwise, that should be coming up midway through 2021, I think. It's hard to know my schedule that far in advance, but yeah, go check it <laughs> And out. if you want to hear more about the, the OG Tron, 1982's Tron, then go on over to tronologicallyspeaking.com or look that up on any of your fine podcast providers and you will be treated to the movie-by-minute treatment of 1982's Tron. And it's a, it's a fun ride. I had a really good time doing it talk to lots of really awesome people yeah i really love uh, uh animatronic chronologically speaking and it's given me an appreciation for that movie i never i mean i enjoyed tron but i just never yeah. appreciated it on that level before no it's a, a, a cultural landmark i think it's a technological masterpiece and the effort that went into it is quite frankly staggering um it's one of those projects that everybody involved, once they were halfway through it, was like, oh, my God, I had no idea this was going to be so much work. Let's never do this again. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> one of those projects. But they learned so oh, much. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad. Yeah, I got uh, the, the Movies by Minute treatment for Tron has made me love it more. The Movies by Minute treatment for Tron Legacy has made me like it slightly less. I'm seeing <laughs> more unfortunate. of the... Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of these shortcomings, but I mean, it's the same. I've done the Alien prequels, which is the same thing, where there are minutes where I just go, Ridley Scott, what were you thinking? Why would you? Oh my God, this is the dumbest. Okay, so I have to talk about it for half an hour, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I still love those movies, even though I, I can see where the problems are. They're not so much that I can't handle it, and I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah, and that... That was my fear with with taking on the Tron movie by minute was I was like, oh, no, I'm going to it's going to fall apart in my hands and I'm going to not like it anymore. And but that did not happen. I, I like it even more now. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. But uh, with Tron Legacy, in my case, you know, if I'm not enjoying it, I just come up with an elaborate uh, murder mystery plot with Alan Bradley in the center of it. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Works out fine. <laughs> But yeah, so go back and listen to this over or go back to Tronologically Speaking or go over to Travian Designs and, uh, you know, absolutely. It's been wonderful. And you want to do a little end of line on three? Of course. All right. One, two, three. End, end of line. Of line. <laughs> end of end of line, yeah. End of end of line. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Animatronic. I've been Duncan Shields. And I have been Courtney Colson. And tune in next time for another episode of Animatronic. End, End of, of line. line.